Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. If you have your Bible tonight, I want you to turn to 2 Kings 3. I love this story that we're going to talk about. It's a great story. Second Kings chapter 3, and we're going to read, begin reading at verse 15. This is a Elisha speaking. He says, But bring me now a, min- a minstrel, or a musician. And it came to pass when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And verse 16 says, and he said, thus saith the Lord, and I want you to say this next line with me, make this valley full of ditches. <laughs> verse 17 says, for thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither yet shall ye see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He would deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, appreciate, Lord, the feeling, the, Lord, the presence of your, of, your, of your spirit tonight, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for all, all the places, Lord, that you've brought me through. I thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've healed in my life, that you've restored in my life. Lord, I'll never forget to give you praise and honor for that. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless this word. As it goes forth, God, Lord, anoint every word that goes forth, Lord, that it may break the yoke off of someone tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, that our eyes and ears and our hearts will be open, that we may be changed tonight for the glory of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. Amen. I want to speak to you just for just a little uh, tonight on the topic, excavation for the kingdom. Excavation for the kingdom. Everybody knows what excavation, yeah. Have you ever seen an excavating crew? Okay. They're moving dirt, right? They're digging holes. I always liked uh, when I was a kid, we, mom and dad buy, this, buy us these Tonka trucks. And one year they bought us, uh, I had a, uh, a lo- or Josh had a loader and I had a big dump truck and he would load me with dirt, you know, and I'd take it over and dump it in the creek. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then dad said, you're, uh, Sometimes we get some of the ro- rocks out of the driveway. And he says, you're dumping my stone that I bought for the driveway in the, in the creeks. So stop it. When you don't know what you're doing, the excavating, you can mess some things up, right? <laughs> Good thing we didn't have real excavators or we really made a mess, right? But this story is a great story. And I, 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 didn't, I, I wanted to read the whole thing, but I, I just, for sake of time, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. This chapter in, in, in 2 Kings comes upon the story of Joram, J-E-H-O-R-A-M, Joram. He is the son of Ahab. Now, Ahab, we all remember Ahab, remember Jezebel? Remember he was married to Jezebel and had the battle with Elijah all the time, you know? And uh, Ahab's past, and uh, his son Joram is on the throne. Now, the king of Moab had been subservient to Israel. And if you read that chapter, he used to send lots of presents to the king of Israel. He'd send them like 100,000 sheep, and it's listed there. It's like 100,000 sheep and 100,000 rams or something like that. But he paid tribute so to keep peace between Israel. Well, after Ahab died, uh, the king of Moab wasn't afraid anymore, so he rebelled, right? Well, uh, Joram, he decided this wasn't going to stand. He needed a sheep, right? You know, you need your wool. You need your sweaters in the wintertime, right? You need your need your bed clothes and your you know you need your you need your lamb lamb chops right so he said i'm going to go and i'm going to make sure that this king sends me my stuff he's going to be either be he's going to be subservient to me okay so he goes and he asks jehoshaphat for help now jehoshaphat was king of judah at this time uh, israel the northern kingdom uh, had split from southern kingdom judah and had two separate kings although they were kind of the same people right so uh, he goes down and he asks jehoshaphat now jehoshaphat I mean, he was pretty much, if you read about him, he was pretty much a good king. 
he was pretty much a godly man, but he always found himself hanging out with these bozos. Okay. Yeah, uh, he, he, he had dealings with Ahab, and, and he had, you know, he's always, you know, ha you, ever, you ever have dealings with bozos, you know? Sometimes they, you're guilty by association, right? Amen? When uh, you hang out, my mom said you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know? You're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you're guilty by association. It doesn't really matter if you actually threw the rocks at the window. You were with the people that threw the rocks at the window, so therefore, you threw the rocks at the window, right? To understand that. Who you hang around with means something, right? Who you associate yourself means something. Somebody say amen. So he goes and asks Jehoshaphat for some help. And uh, while they're brainstorming there, the, the king of uh, Jeroboam, he says, you know what? He says, we'll go up through Edom, and we'll get the king of Edom to help us too. So here you have three kingdoms. Hey, pastor. You have three kingdoms going up against Moab, right? All right, now. So they get all their gear together. You know, they're going on a big expedition, sharpening their swords and getting their, you know, shining up their armor. I don't know, whatever they're doing, gathering up their bows and arrows. I don't know. And they're set, getting ready to go, and they bring plenty of food, but nobody thinks to bring any water. Okay, nobody thinks to, seems to think about, uh, well, we're going to be in this area. Uh, might be a little dry there. Let's bring some water. Or uh, let's camp on the other side where there's water. You know, nobody thinks about that. So they get to this place where they're about to do battle, and all of a sudden they realize they're thirsty. Right? You ever been thirsty? Yeah. Water's good. You ever see those commercials when they, you know, the Coke, you know, and they take it and they, you know, like it's the best thing ever. Okay, water's good, right? Okay. So, up, up to this point, now, I have, I have to admit that, that when he went to talk to Jehoshaphat to get him to try to go there, go, go to battle with him, he did tell him, the Lord told me to do this. Okay, now, there's no, it says that Joram did evil in the sight of the Lord, that he was an evil king. And I very doubt, I, it doesn't say he, he went, to, went to the Lord and asked him his permission, but he says he did. Well, um, there's not really any proof of that, right, one way or the other, however... When we get up there, we see that there's no water, and we understand the expedition is going to be a failure. Then they decide they're going to involve God. Okay? When they find out, how many has ever met somebody like that? They, they exhaust all their, they do what they want, when they want, and they do all, all the things that, everything in their life exactly how they want it to be. And then whenever they get into hot water, that's when they involve the Lord. Now, now understand, you know, I've been, I've been that way. I, you know, we, we can all admit that some, there's been some point in our life that we've been that way. But understand that there's nothing like a little bit of hot water to bring out, you know, uh, we call tea bag Christians. Remember that? They only show their true colors in hot water. Right? So you understand what's going on here. They got in a pickle, right? They got themselves in a pickle. So uh, here at this point, and I want you to really pay attention to that, that they, that they involve God then. So somebody gets a hold of Elisha. Now, I don't know if Elisha lived... Was this happened to be near there or what, what was going on? But he's a little bit angry about the whole thing. Okay. He says, uh, Joram says, hey, Elisha, come over here. Uh, we need your help. We need to hear from the Lord. We don't have any water. We're going to fight these Moabites. And the Moabites are going to destroy us if we don't have any water. So Elisha says, what if, what, how do I get dragged into this? You know? He's like, I'm just walking. I'm, I'm, this is my day off. Okay, I was just walking, walking through here, and I see you both, you guys out here, and I know you. And he says to, to Jerome, he said, I don't know what, what I have to do with you. I don't have anything to do. Why don't you go call one of your dad's prophets? That's what he says. Why don't you go call one of the prophets of your fathers? Okay, I don't have anything to do with you, right? But then he sees Jehoshaphat, and he has regard in his heart for Jehoshaphat. So for Jehoshaphat's sake, he says, okay, I'll go and pray for you guys. So he goes and he seeks the Lord. Now, it's pretty neat here, and you, you could you could preach a lot of messages out of this out of this uh, uh, reading here. But he goes and he gets a he said I need a temp, uh, a minstrel, somebody come play me some tunes, some worship music. I need to I need to get alone with the Lord. I need to hear some worship music. I need to get in the spirit. And I need to find out if God has anything to say to you guys. Okay, now how many knows that sometimes we got to check ourselves, step back, you know, and try to get alone with the Lord to try to find out if he has anything to say to us about a situation. 
Somebody say amen. So there's times in our lives that we want to just run and run here, run there, do this, do that. And we never stop to think, hey, maybe I need to check with God on this. Maybe I need to check and see what, you know, what, maybe this might not be good for me. Maybe this not, might not be the right thing to do. I better go check. So, you know, you get alone with, with the Lord. You put on some worship music. You begin to praise him. You begin to seek him a little bit. And then you'll find out he'll lead you. He'll guide you. Somebody say amen. So he says, call me a minstrel, call me a guitar player, you know, call me a harp player, whatever it was, you know, a flute. I don't know. He said, call me a minstrel and we're going to, I'm going to get alone with the Lord. I need to hear from the Lord. So understand that he gets a, a message from the Lord and he says, he says, he's going to send you some water. Okay. And they're like, yeah, all right. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Talking about water, I keep, that's more water. I usually don't drink that much water when I'm up here, but I keep taking drinks. He says, but first, you got to go dig some ditches. Okay? Um, he's going to send some water. There's not going to be any, any, any wind. You're not going to see any rain. Okay? But he's going to make those ditches that you dig full of water in the valley. Okay? Now, lots of things we could preach from this story. Lots. You know, following the voice of God. You know, seeking the voice of God, learning the voice of God. We were talking in Acts class the other night about how that it's something, it, it's really it's really important for a young Christian to learn to know the voice of the Lord. Okay, it's really important to understand. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, understand, you know the, his word. You begin, you begin to study his word. You begin to know his word. Then you're going to know what's, what voice is speaking to you. Because the devil's not going to speak to you along the ter in the, the terms of the Bible. He's not going to speak to you in, 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 in conformity or in line with the Word of God. He's going to tell you other things, right? So you understand that the voices you're hearing, if you're wondering, see if it lines up with what the Word says. And if you know the Word, you can begin to know the voice of the Lord. You don't have to guess. You don't have to play guessing games. You know that, you know, he, you know whatever it is he's telling you to do, if it lines up with Scripture, you know it's his voice. Somebody say amen. But understand that learning to know the voice of the Lord is important. Learning to know his words, you can know his voice. He's never going to dishonor his word. Okay? The Bible says that he, he, he the Bible says in, the, in Psalms that um, he, what's the word? He says uh, he's magnified his word even above his own name. So understand that at the, when all else fails, he, Jesus said, all, every, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall never pass away. It's settled in heaven, forever settled. It's written on stone, written in the universe. Somebody say amen. Then there's, you know, you could say, you could preach a little message about discernment. Okay? If Jehoshaphat had, been, had a little better discernment, he wouldn't even have been there. Right? He wouldn't have found himself in the hot water with these bozos, right? He wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been in that pickle, right? So understand that uh, having your sin, Hebrews was a Hebrews chapter five says having your senses exercised, okay, or sharpened, honed, okay, having them exercised so you can know good and evil. So because a lot of people have a lot of voices in their life, a lot, a lot of people telling them a lot of things, and if you don't have any discernment, you can get blown this way and that way. Somebody say amen. But when you get to understand good and evil, you get to where you've got your senses exercised or sharpened, you understand you can begin to tell the difference and have a little bit of discernment. And once again, the Word of God comes into play. Knowing the Word of God. What, what is this person telling me? He's bringing this into my life. He's bringing this Word into my life. What, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. There's a lot of times people have things to tell you, you know, and it's great, okay, if it lines up with the Word. But there's a lot of times that people just, you know, Say whatever they think or whatever, whatever they're feeling, and it doesn't. Somebody say amen. Watching who you associate with, right? We could preach about that. We could preach about, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's like, yeah, absolutely. Understanding, understanding that my dad tells a story. I have him tell it to you sometime about a time when he was hanging out with some dudes he didn't really know that well, and they almost got him sent to prison. So understand, he, he, had no, he had no idea what was going on, and he almost found himself having to tell you that story. Uh, and so you understand that who you hang around with, who you allow your name to be associated with, who you allow your time, who you spend your time with, who you allow in your home, who you, who you allow in your life. Understand who you allow to speak words into your life, who you allow to have a say in what you say, say or think or do. Understand that that all has, has, has ramifications on your soul. 
Okay, we could, we could speak about only seeking the Lord when you find yourself in hot water. We could talk about that because nobody's taught, nobody consulted the Lord. I mean, he said he did. But there's no evidence of that. You know, nobody consulted the Lord until they needed to consult the Lord. Okay, now the Bible, I always heard, I heard a, a saying here a long time ago. It said he'll either be your first choice or he'll be your last resort. Okay, and that's, that's been true in my life. I've lived that. But understand, that's not what I'm here to preach about tonight. Okay, the name of this is excavation in the kingdom, so it's time to grab a shovel. Okay, it's time, there, there's work to do in the kingdom. Somebody say amen. There's plenty of Bible to talk about work. Now, to some people, work's a dirty word. Okay, I, for one, enjoy many kinds of work. Okay, there's some that I don't too much like. Okay, uh, but for the most part, I like work. Okay, and there's something about Finishing a day, knowing that you accomplished something, knowing that you did what you needed to do to feed your family, and having a good, tired, where you can lay down on your bed at night and get a good night's sleep. Somebody say amen. The work is a good thing, okay? God told him in Genesis, you're going to eat bread, what? By the sweat of your brow, right? Work is ordained of God. Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, for we are laborers together, okay, with God. Year of God's husbandry, year of God's building. But first part, we are laborers. We are people doing work. We are people that are supposed to get dirty. We are people that are supposed to put our hands to something. We are, we are, we are supposed to put our minds, engage our minds, engage our, our activities, engage our bodies into doing something. We are laborers together. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. Your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Okay? Whenever you say, my mom, we'd be having a, a, a disagreement amongst the, the boys. And she'd say, work it out. Okay? Because you don't want me involved in that. Okay? If I come in there, it's over. Okay? So work it out. That means put your mind, put your, put your, put your feelings, whatever it is, and involve you. got to work, work on something. Get something worked out. Work out your own salvation. Put your hands on it. Do you understand that your salvation is in your hands? Your, the salvation of your soul is in your hands for you to work on. Somebody say amen. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved. Okay? And that doesn't mean uh, watch it on TV. That means get in the book and study it, right? To show yourself approved. What? A workman. That need not be ashamed, but a workman. Somebody, you get, you get to know this Bible. You study, you show yourself proof. Then you're supposed to put it to use doing the work of the Lord. Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord. Okay? Always abounding. That means there's always something to do. Okay? If you don't think you, there's nothing to do in the kingdom, go talk to the pastor, and he'll find some work for you to do. Somebody say amen. There's work always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay, understand, it's not going to be fruitless, but it's still work. Somebody say amen. Matthew 9, 37, this is Jesus talking. It says, then he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the what? The laborers are few. There's not very many people that want to go work the field. Understand. He says, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, and he will send forth laborers into his harvest. How many knows? And he's calling some folks. He's calling some folks out. He's, I could feel it in my spirit. I could feel it in my heart. He's putting it in some folks' hearts that they need, to, that he's got more to do for you than to sit on the pew. He's got more to do for you than to, than to just smile and look pretty. He's got more to do for you than to say amen in the church. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Whew. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, right? First Timothy 1.3, or uh, no, Thessalonians 1.3. Remembering without ceasing your work, okay, don't cease to remember your work of faith and labor of love, okay? Understand that there's, there, it, it's all about, it's, it, it is about God loving you. 
It is about God saving you. It is about God cleansing you. It is about him sanctifying you and making your life better, giving you joy. Somebody say amen. But it also is about putting your hands to the plow and doing the work of the Lord. Somebody say amen. But there's always going to be plenty of work in the kingdom. Now, when, back in the 50s, there was this show. It was called Dobie Gillis. And there was this guy, character on there. And he was from actually West Virginia, wasn't he? Uh, the guy that played it, and he had his little goatee, his little beard, you know. But but whenever they would say work, he'd be like, work, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it scares some folks, okay? Uh, and, and I tell you what, it's easy to get overwhelmed. If you're facing the big project, I just flipped the house here uh, this past winter, and uh, looking at that thing, you know, the first day, you're like, What did I get myself into? Okay. But understand, when you step back, you say, now what? Remember why you're doing it. Okay. Remember what the, the, the long term, what's the end game? What, what are we seeking to find? What are we trying to accomplish here? And then step by step, step by step, you get closer and closer to your goal, but you're working all the way. And I worked for a guy one time. He said, plan your work and work your plan. Okay, and that's what I've remembered every day going there. Today I'm going to do this, this, and this. When I leave, it didn't seem like much, okay, but I sold it. Okay, so I understand there was an end game in mind, and being able, being able to put that in, into motion every day, okay, and having the perseverance to push through, because there's times when I think I was ever going to get that done. Okay, somebody say amen. But I got her done, okay. So I understand there's always work to do. Now, when the Lord is involved, Okay, now understand when they got the Lord involved in their expedition against Moab, in their in their fight against Moab. Okay, if he had been involved from the start, okay, well they might not have gone if he'd have been involved from the start. But if he'd have been involved from the start, he's there. They would have had what they needed. Okay, now understand he's never going to send you forth to do anything without giving you what you need. Okay, he's never going to not equip, he's never going to send you to do something that you can't do. Okay, he's never going to send you out to do something and leave you stranded on the highway. Somebody say, somebody say amen. He will never call you to go anywhere or do anything without his protection and his provision. Okay, now I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel, really do, felt it up for a week now. Okay, that there are folks waiting. There's a lot of people that feel stirring. Okay, there's a lot of people that feel a stirring like you know i know that god has something for me to do i know he has something for me to accomplish i know that he has a job for me to do and they but they keep waiting for something to happen waiting for god show me a sign okay <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean give me the if god wants me to go do that i'll get somebody will give me a million dollars and i'll be able to quit my job and be you know I'll go missionary field or whatever, okay? Understand that whatever he has for you to do. See, remember, pastor says it all the time. God works. We, we, we walk day to day. And we're walking forward. God works from the end. Okay, the Bible says that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before Adam ever sinned, Eve ever sinned, the, the lamb was already slain. Understand that, that before he's sent you to go anywhere, that provision... Is already, you understand? That provision is already there. It's already uh, uh, sitting in your. It's already in the the heavenly bank account. It's already. He's already got. He's already harvested the trees. He's already done whatever he needs to do to get what you need for your for your mission. Understand? The provision's already there. The Lord uh, got asked to this battle just a little too late, didn't he? He he. You ever uh, you ever see the the old shows where? Where um, they're playing a game, and all of a sudden, the best player, for whatever reason, he's out. You know, he's got to pass a test. He might not be eligible or whatever. And they're waiting, and they're struggling, they're struggling. And in the fourth quarter, he shows up. We're going to win this game. Right? You know, big drama, right? We've all seen those, right? Well, the Lord joins this game a little bit late, okay? 
the guys, it, they're, you know, they're 10 points down with two minutes to go, right? <laughs> and two of their players have five fouls, four fouls, okay? Understand that, that they're, the, the game's on the line, okay? And the Lord shows up. So only when they saw the dire spot would they, they involve him. But because Elisha regarded Jehoshaphat, he did his best. Because Jehoshaphat did his best to be a righteous man, right? And his, his intentions were honorable being there in that situation, okay? So he honored him. But understand that, understand that God, uh, if, if you are trying to do what you're supposed to do, uh, God is regarding you. He regards you in a good way, okay? He wants you to do well. He wants you to perform. He wants you to excel. Somebody say amen. Verse 18, it says, look, this is a light thing in the sight of the Lord, okay? We think that our problems are so heavy. We think our things that we're facing are just these huge bound obstacles that we're never going to get through. And the Lord says, that's a light thing for me, okay? It's, it's, it's a light thing for me, okay? He says, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it. But first, let's do some digging. Okay, now, this is what exploded to me today, this evening, this afternoon, this morning. It says, this is where, and I feel this in the Holy Ghost, so, so, so strong. This is where some folks are right at this moment. Like people, under the sound of my voice, people may be watching online. There's people here. Um, we've had, we have gone and done things our way for a long time. Okay, we came to the Lord, we repented, Okay. We, baptized, we got baptized, we got the Holy Ghost, okay? We've sought him at times, but we've kind of got back to doing things our own way, okay? There's, there's people under the sound of my voice, and that's, that's the case. There's also people that have seen their lives and their loved ones, okay, uh, start to begin to deteriorate because of this, okay? Now... Our nation right now is in a place where we have no choice, but you better start praying. Okay, if you're not, if you're not at least a little bit scared or worried, you're not paying attention. Okay, so understand that our nation, we, we need to pray right now. Okay, understand if you know anything about our community, okay, we need to start, we need to start seeking the Lord. Our community needs the Lord. There you walk out in these streets, you you can walk out and make eye contact with folks, and you can just feel the desperation in their hearts. You can just, you guys, we run those acts classes, and people come there, and you can just, they, they don't say a word, but you can feel the desperation in their spirit. You can, you can see the hurt and the pain that they're going through in their eyes. You can see it, and there's no shortage of that. There's no shortage. You can walk around. You can look around. There's no shortage of hurt. There's no shortage of desperation. There's no, there's no shortage of suffering, right? But understand, he still regards you, okay? He still regards you, and he'll move on your behalf, okay? He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you put yourself. He knows what's going on. There's nothing to him that's a surprise. There's nothing to him that's, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not confused. He's not frustrated. He's not surprised. He knows exactly where we are. But first, okay, he's got what you need. But first, he's going to require some digging, okay? Some work on our part. Some rooting some stuff out of our own lives. Because at this moment, in the time of this valley that you're in, your heart's in no shape to hold any of his water. He could pour out his blessing on your life when you're in this shape that you're in. And it's going, you'll feel it. It'll cool you down. It'll, you might get a drink or two, but it's going to run off. You've got your heart is in no shape. Your soul, your life is in no shape to hold any of that water. And that's the point, right? That's the point. We want him indwelling. He is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Somebody say amen. So understand that he wants to dwell with you. He wants to be with you day in, day out. He wants a relationship with you. But understand as it is right now, he can't fix anything because you're in no shape to hold any of his water. Somebody say amen. 
And if, it co- if, if you get something that costs you nothing, do you really appreciate it? Okay? Many times when I was, I was, I was in a bad shape, okay? I was coming off addiction. I had messed up my life. I was, I was suicidal. I was in a hole. I was in a dark, dark place, okay? I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. I could not. I, I, I couldn't uh, pray for myself. I couldn't do anything. But I could text people and say, pray for me. That's all I could do, okay? But understand, that he could have fixed, and I pray, I prayed, I said, God, you could fix this like that. But he, he left me right where I was until I was ready to start digging, Right? Until I was ready to start digging. And I might have started, man. When I started digging, it might have been with a teaspoon. Okay, it might have been with a little, one little quarter cup scooper out of my mom's kitchen. It might have been just a little bit. I might have been able to just not dig just a little bit. Okay, just move a little bit of the dirt. Okay, just dig a little bit. Try to hold some of that water that he had for my life. Try to hold some of that healing that he had for my life. Understand that, that there, was, there, there are places we get down there, but there are times when he just wants a little bit of, just put your hand out, okay? Just, 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 start to, just start to do something. Move. Do something. Dig just a little bit. Understand that he'll pour. Whatever you dig out, he'll pour. He'll fill in. Understand that until you can hold any of that water, he can't do anything for you. Understand that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Okay? We're set to inherit everything. Isn't that exciting? We're set to inherit eternal life. We're set to inherit joy and peace forevermore. We're, we're set to enjoy healing for every, every, everything that's ever been wrong with us. We're in his presence. Understand, we are set to inherit all that. But we're also fellow laborers with him. Okay, we are also fellow laborers with each other. Amen. We got some digging to do. We're at a place in our nation. We have no choice but to cry out to God for revival, for direction. Okay, we're at a place in our community where we see friends and family battling addiction. Okay, addiction has destroying this area. It, it, and and as much as much as uh, as inroads have been made in that area in science and in healthcare and in all that it still plagues so because it's spiritual okay i've never met an addict that didn't have something else that they were trying to medicate i've never met an addict that didn't have some hurt or some trauma on the inside of them that they were trying to keep at bay understand something that they didn't want to feel something that they didn't want to see something that they didn't want to deal with i've never met one that uh, it is a fact there's a fact, fact, fact that it's a physical problem because your body wants that stuff. But understand it's a spiritual issue when you go to get rid of it. I promise. Been there. Going out in the community, we could just see it. Okay? There's children and families that just generation after generation after generation of addiction, of struggle, of turmoil, of pain, of suffering, of abuse. It's just generation after generation and here in our church praise the lord we've seen some folks saved somebody say amen hallelujah we've seen some souls come to the lord we've we experienced some growth here recently in the last in the last couple of years we've really experienced we've seen a lot of people get a lot of help Somebody say amen. We really have. I've seen them get baptized. I've seen them cry at the altar. I've seen them get the Holy Ghost. I've seen them just come in with smiles on their face, understanding that it's just one more day that they're redeemed. They're, you know, they, they're still struggling. And a lot of people think that once they give their heart to the Lord that they're going to get up from praying and everything in their life's going to be fixed. That's not how it goes. Because sometimes uh, there's consequences, that things that we did when we weren't following the Lord that has to be worked out and has to deal with, has to follow its course. Somebody say amen. But understand, we've seen people. We've seen people get help. Okay, we've seen what the Spirit of the Lord can do, right? We've seen it. We've, we've experienced an open heaven in the last couple of years. During our worship services, 
okay? When, when, the, when the word of the Lord's going forth, we've, we've, we've seen the anointing of the Lord, uh, our altar service. I've seen the Lord move in our Acts class, okay? I've seen people uh, come in and, and really and, and, uh, just connect. You know, we make those connections, okay? I've seen it. It's, it's very enjoyable, okay? It's, that, that is what you live for as a Christian. That is what, that's why we, that's why we come here, right? That's why we, that's why we pray. That's why we, that's why we pray for folks. That's why we reach out to folks, right? We want to see other people saved. Somebody say amen. It's very enjoyable. You can clap. Hallelujah. However, in the last few months, our assembly has gotten attacked. Okay. We've, we've seen sickness and death and grief and fear and depression and anxiety and then it's caused some apathy in some people and we've seen some people start to back away a little bit we've, I, I feel it I feel some people that are really struggling with some things that they've had to deal with and that's that's that happens that's human that's human life okay the ups and downs the roller coasters. The Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Somebody say amen. But understand that these things are, they're, they're common, okay? But these are opportunities that God's showing us, look, I've got more water to pour on you, okay? I've got more healing to pour on you. I've got more uh, revelation to pour on you, okay? I've got more blessing to pour on you. I've got more restoration to pour into your life. I've got more of that. I've got more of all that. But you got to dig, okay? You got to start digging. I'm going to bring the water. I'm going to bring the water to your life. But you got to start digging, okay? If you're in a bad spot right now and you've kind of backed off and you, you need the water of the Lord, somebody say, hey, that's me. You need to start digging, okay? It's time to start digging. Get on your knees. Start, start, start examining your life. Start looking at, we talked about uh, the other night uh, in Acts class about being able to look at yourself in, in, a, in a critical way, being able to really be self-aware and to examine and say, who am I really? We need to start to look at ourselves and say, who am I really in the Lord? Am I, am I somebody who's doing all that I can to get closer to the Lord? Because the Bible says, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw, I'll draw nigh unto you. He's saying, I got the water. I'm ready to pour it on you. I'm ready to heal you. I'm ready to restore you. I'm ready to bless you. I'm ready to give you happiness. I'm ready to give you joy. I'm ready to restore your family. I'm ready to see them saved. I'm ready to see your community healed. I'm ready to see your nation healed, but you got to dig. You got to dig. The water's not going to do you any good until you dig. Somebody say amen. Stand with me if you will. You can come to the music if you want, Ash. Um, last time I spoke, I spoke of the water of the Lord and the barren state without that water. The barren state that you find your soul without the water of the Lord. And then I talked about the waters of strife when you don't take care and remain thankful for his waters of the spirit. Okay. I think that's been us. It's been me. Okay. I've needed the water of the Lord. I've been in a barren state. I've experienced the water of the Lord. But maybe I haven't been exactly thankful all the time for everything that I've been given and there's times whenever we, 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 we he's, there's things in our life where, where, where they're hard, but they're growing. There's, there are places where we could really grow, but instead of reaching for the Lord, we get angry. Or we, we rest in our depression, or we sit in our grief, or we, we wallow in our anguish, or we lash out, or we just you know, get mad at God, or get mad at the pastor, or get mad at sister so-and-so, or brother so Understand that during those tough times, that's the time when he wants to grow you. That's the time when he's pushed you to the, to the place where you say, you see, you need more water. He's trying to get you to understand that place is a, is a, is a it's not a, it's not a, a bad place to kill you. It's a it's a place where he's going to try to help you get a little bit better, be a little bit stronger, a little, grow a little bit higher. Our nation, our community, our, and our assembly, we need his water. Okay, we need the water of his spirit right now. He's, he has been through all this with us. He knows exactly what you need, what I need to sustain us, to nourish us, to heal us.
It's time, though, we got to start doing the diggling. And it begins with me or you. It begins with us individually. And uh, how does this look in real life? Start looking at your life, okay? Prayerfully, okay? Prayerfully. Start examining aspects of your life and say, does it, is this pleasing to the Lord? Okay? Or is this keeping me from him? Okay? Is, is this a good, if doing this that I'm doing, is it a good use of my time? Is it, am I being a good steward of what God has given me or am I wasting time? Am I wasting resources that he's given me? Am I, am I squandering uh, an opportunity that he's given me? Just prayerfully, and, and there's no sense in being accusatory to anyone because we're all guilty. Every, every one of us have been guilty. But understand, looking in the mirror and starting to examine, what do I need to change? What can I change to get a little more of that water? And make your personal valley full of ditches. Dig it out. Say, Lord, cut it away from me. Okay? And you might not be able to do it by yourself. You know, the Bible says that, that sin's always going to remain. But the difference is, it's not supposed to rain. Okay? R E. I-G-N, rain, be in charge. Paul said sin's going to remain, but it's not supposed to rain. It's not supposed to be in charge. So understand, every day, he said, I die daily. I die daily. Every day, you present your body, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in the Lord. And that's your reasonable service. And then you're going to start to know his will for your life. The Bible says, uh, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. But once you start making your personal valley full of, full of ditches and he starts to pour that water, you're going to be able to receive what he has for you. And then all of a sudden, you're going to find a healing. Remember, you remember what we read about in Ezekiel last time I spoke about that healing water, wherever it ran. When Ezekiel saw a vision of it running out of the house of the Lord, wherever it ran, there was life. Wherever it ran, there was healing, there was growth, there was, there was life, there was, there was stuff springing up. But then there were some places where it couldn't get. And then there was death and decay and stagnation. Remember that? And that water there was given to salt, meaning nothing would ever grow there. So understand, he's, he has what you need. He's ready to pour it in. You just need a place to hold it. And then when you begin to hold, be able to hold that water, guess where you're going to bring it? You're going to bring it here. Okay. Sister Angie, you bring your water here, and I have my water here, okay? And Sister Debbie brings her water here, right? Sister Stillian brings her water here. We got a, we got a river. We got something cooking, right? Right? Sister Mindy brings hers. Craig brings his. Understand that that's how things, that's how revivals happen. That's how things begin to, begin. it starts with me. It starts with you, okay? Remember that old song? Oh, the best way to have a revival. Remember that song? Is to pray and study your Bible. Lay your feelings on the shelf. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. But you also need the water. You also need to do some digging. Okay? And then when we come into our assembly and we're all dug out. And we all carry in that water. And it starts to begin to, he begins to pour it on us when we're. When we're in worship, he begins to pour on us and it starts to flow out, okay, overflowing. And there's a person next to you that's never experienced that water before. And it begins to flow out of you. And it just begins to flow over on them. And it's a drawing power. I want what that, I want what that person has. I don't know what it is, but I feel, I feel the Lord here. I don't know what, it, what I'm experiencing, but I know that I want it. That's the point, right? That's the point for somebody that's dry, somebody that's barren, somebody that needs a touch from the Lord can feel, feel it coming off of you. And when you say, hey, why are you, why are you the way you are? Well, let me just tell you. And then it's the open door. So collectively, we allow some folks to begin to blossom, okay? You start to dig, you're going to start to grow, okay? Now, our, our, our church grew a, a lot really quickly, Okay? And so many of the, of the folks have yet to find their, their niche, their ministry, right? When you start to dig and you start to grow, he's going to lead you right into that ministry. 
and you and 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 everybody here is going to support it and you're going to it's going to be it's going to it's going to be a, a a thing where it goes from one person to another to another to another how many knows that we all have ministry okay we all need to be involved in some kind of ministry then after we're all we're getting the water poured on our assembly then it's time to go out in the community okay if we're going to, we, we have no business out there until we get things right in here, right? I have no business talking to anybody about anything until I get things right inside, right? Okay? And then, it, and then it's as a collection. And then when we get things right in here, then it's out there. Somebody say amen. But we talked about complacency in Acts class the other night. And about complacency is a place where, and, and it's, and I don't, I, want, I, don't, I don't want you to feel bad, and I said this many times the other night, achieving something is good. And being happy and proud about achieving something is good, okay? But when you think that you've achieved it all, okay, and there's nowhere else to go, that's bad. But complacency, it says it's a smug satisfaction. And it's an uncritical satisfaction, meaning that, that you can't look at yourself in a critical way. You can't look at yourself and say, well, I know I do this really well and this really well, but I'm really lacking here. Okay? There, complacency is a place where we can't look at ourselves that way. We just think that everything in our, our own achievements and, and our own life is just, you know, tip-top. We can't prove anywhere. So we get to the place where we're relaxed. And how many knows that when you're not going forward, you're not staying still, right? Not in the Lord. You're going backwards. It's time to examine ourselves, guys, and start digging, right? Right? Excavate for the kingdom. Get your backhoe out. You know? If you're there, if you can back if you can dig stuff out of the backhoe, if you need to start with the spoon, start with the spoon. A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Closer to you, Lord. Draw me closer. Just the closer walk with thee. That's all we should desire. Whatever that means to us every day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for the spirit, Lord, that we felt tonight, Lord. And God, as we go uh, from this place, Lord, let us, take, let us take what we've heard, Lord. Let us take the, 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 the teaching that we've heard, Lord, and apply it to our life. Let us begin to, to examine ourselves critically and just be, start to be honest about who we are and what we are in you, where we can do better and what we can do to draw closer so we can have more of your water, more of your healing power, in the name of Jesus, I pray. This altar is open. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all lift our hands, close our eyes, just to let the Lord deal with you right where you're at. Come on, lift your heart with your hands. I don't care how long you've been in the church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I want, I want your flow. I want your will. The Lord spoke a word to me this afternoon, and um, I didn't know what Matt was preaching. Um, he, didn't, uh, he didn't tell me. Um, but it goes right along with what, what he spoke about. And I'm just going to share it with you. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, that, or in the book of Isaiah, that he would give you the treasures of darkness. He would give us the treasures of darkness. And... That verse popped into my mind this afternoon, and I began to ponder. Now, that's kind of a confusing scripture. How is there treasures in darkness? Uh, but the Lord began to impress upon me, and, and I feel the anointing. Uh, I know it's a word from the Lord. That there are things close to us that we have not seen yet. We have not stepped into yet. We have not got our hands on yet. We we haven't we haven't we haven't got the knowledge yet. 
Amen. We haven't walked in that anointing yet. But it's available. Come on. If you're willing to reach for it. If you want. How many can feel that right now? Come on. They're, 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 the anointing is flowing. If you, if you want to reach for it. If, if you have the, 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 the strength to reach. He said, he said uh, forgetting those things which are behind me. And, and reaching forth for those things which are before me. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. There's some things you don't get without pressing. There's some things you don't get without searching. There's some things you won't receive until you get some fight in you and you say, God, I want it more than, than CNN. I want it more than ESPN. I want it more than my hobby. I want it more than food. I want it more than anything else that I care about in my world. I need a touch from the Holy Ghost. I I need a breakthrough. I need more of what God has for me. I'm tired of being where I'm at. If that's where you're at right now, why don't you run down to this altar, fall down on your knees and say, Lord, I need more of you. I'm hungry, God. I know it's close to me. I can feel it, but I just can't get my hands on it. I know it's close to me. I can smell it, but I can't get my hands on it. I know it's close. I can feel it all around me. God, give me the strength to reach. Mm. Come on, church. Come on, church. Run down here and pray. Don't hold back. The oldest to the youngest. Come on. I want more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with just a little bit. I'm not satisfied with just what I have. There's things that we haven't uncovered yet. There's revelations that we haven't seen yet. Come on. There's more. There are anointings that God wants to pour out upon people in this church. But we haven't stepped into it yet. Come on. There's got to be some consecration. There's got to be some, some holiness. There's got to be some separation unto God and from the world. And when you step toward Him, it's going to fall on you. Come on, it's here tonight. It's here tonight. Amen. That's a word from the Lord. If you're willing to dig everything you remove, God's going to replace it. Every little bit you get out of your life, He's going to pour something into it. Every little bit you lay aside. Come on, somebody. Every little bit you dig out, God's going to pour in. Come on, because He's faithful. He's faithful. Come on, come on, church, pray with all of your heart. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.